This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Hey guys, we have an awesome interview happening on today's episode with myself and Kavaya of the She Who Was Called mobile app. Y'all, make sure you listen to this interview all the way to the end. We have an exciting, exciting announcement that I'm super pumped about, but we talk about it at the end, but make sure you listen all the way through, okay? No listening to it halfway through and then cutting it off, no. Listen it all the way to the end because we have a really, really exciting announcement that I believe will really, really benefit you guys. Um, but before we get into that, I had the awesome opportunity to be able to screen the movie Harriet. As you guys know, there is a movie about the iconic, the legendary Harriet Tubman that is coming out, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's dangerous. Like if you guys know anything about Harriet Tubman, she was one of the leaders and conductors of the Underground Railroad, and she freed so many people from slavery. I personally didn't know that she made a lot of these trips by herself. I also didn't know about her prophetic gift. So she saw visions and she clearly heard the voice of God about what to do every step of the way on those different trips. And so this is a movie that I personally believe every man and woman of God needs to go see because it's just, it's hard to explain other than you have to go see it. You have to go see it because if there are any of you who are struggling with faith, struggling with being obedient to the things that God has told you to do, you're going to find so much inspiration in this movie. Like I said, it's not another slave movie, but this is indeed a movie of faith, of perseverance, and of following God's voice in the details and even when it doesn't make sense. And like I said, even when it's dangerous. So go see that movie this weekend, you guys. That's it. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. 
I'm really excited about today's episode, even though I say it every week, but I'm really excited about today's episode because we have a special guest. This is her second time on the show, and you guys have gotten to know her a lot better if you came on the God Is My CEO tour. So I want to take a second to welcome Miss Kavaya back to the show. Welcome, welcome. Hey, y'all. So exciting. <laughs> How are you? How you been since the tour? I'm good. Um, I was so sad when tour ended. Like it was a bittersweet thing for me. Like I was tired. Mm-hmm. Glad the traveling was over, but like the experience yeah. was just like I don't even know. Like it's hard to explain, but um, yeah, I'm good. I I still feel full and like just just thankful, honestly. Yeah, I'm. It was definitely been bittersweet for me. I was thinking yesterday, like. Man, I'm so glad I ain't been in nobody airport in the last couple of months. Yes. (laughs) I was so sick and tired of airport, man. Girl, you and me both. I was thankful, but I was like, all right, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But um, I wanted to have you back on the show because as we were saying before we hit record, we're coming up on the end of the year and not coming up on, we're in the end of the year. In fourth quarter, it's about to be November this week. And even though this is a time where a lot of people are optimistic and excited about 2020 and we're setting those new goals and we're getting prepared, we're finishing up the things that God had us do this year. I think this is also a time where disappointment can creep in. Mm -hmm. We're coming up on like the holidays, things are slowing down. And as each month passes, it's also a reminder for those of us who God may have made some promises to, or we may have set some goals or some expectations for this year. And here we go into November and December and it hasn't happened yet. And I think that disappointment is so real. And it's, it's the reason why, like in the beginning, um, of the year, I did a podcast called, uh, what was it called? I think when the, when the prayer goes unanswered, right. what to do when a prayer is unanswered or something like that, but go find it y'all. But anyway, I did that because that's a space I was at at the end of last year. It was like, okay, God, you promised me all of these things this year. And I know that it doesn't take long for you to do anything. So kind of when the clock struck 12 at midnight, of January 1st, I was like, hold on, you didn't do it. What happened? And it, and I was really, really frustrated. And I had to, to really use all the tools I explained in that episode because I was frustrated and I was disappointed, but I had to make a decision. A decision. Am I going to continue to push through and pray and fast and, and continue to do the things that God called, called me to do despite the disappointment of what I thought was going to happen that year? Um, not happening. And of course, I decided to continue to push through. And this year, the way that God has blessed me, I feel like is a result of me being faithful, even when I didn't get my way. Mm-hmm. And I think I wanted to talk to you about this, because I believe that your story this year, and we've talked about it like on a tour, and you've spoken about it um, during a tour of the waiting season. So I want you to talk to us and matter of fact, let's actually start from the beginning, because I think that when we had you on the show last, we talked a lot about the wait, uh, the app. I said the wait. We talked a lot about the app, but I want to dive a bit deeper into your story as well, because I think people will find a lot of encouragement in it. So before we get to this year, let's start from the beginning. So when did the CEO of She Who Was Called realize she's called? <laughs> um. <laughs> 
I feel like when I realized I was called to what I'm doing now, um, hmm, maybe like five years ago. Um, that was when I like had my little, you know, break from school or whatever. And I had started my writing. That's when I realized like, okay, there's like some sort of gift here of articulating my words and, you know, helping other people in that. So I would say that was about five years ago when I discovered, um, that, you know, there was something deeper that I could mend things within people and then like it was one day where I spoke in my church and people were like crying after and I was like whoa like you know this is it's something something that I just felt on the inside of me that I was supposed to pursue I definitely didn't have all the details during that time but that's when I felt like all right like there is something here because I think I said this before like you know you hear about people having all these gifts and stuff and for me I've never seen a physical gift like I have friends who could do hair sing sports and I couldn't do none of that I was like I gotta go to school I don't have a physical talent that I can I can do so um just by opening up into the inner things, I feel like I found that there was a call that didn't necessarily look like everyone else around me. That's good. And I I think a lot of people can really identify with that because spiritual gifts are something that I think aren't really talked about like that. When I know when I was growing up, the times that I went to church, I never really heard much about the spiritual gifts. I heard a lot about um, of course, you serve in different ministries and things that are a little bit more tangible, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know much about what happens when God calls you right. and he starts to show you things about yourself that he's going to use for his glory that, like you say, aren't those physical things like singing or dancing or whatever. Um, and so because a, a I personally wasn't taught that and, and I don't believe, and I could be just assuming that a lot of people are taught that I believe it, it, it enhances the fear that we have when we do get that tug from God, when we are like driving in our cars and God is like, Hey, I called you to, Mm. to preach, you know, or, Hey, I want you to be an author or, Hey, I want you to start this business, but I need you to use biblical principles to build this business. You're like, huh? What? Like, first of all, is this God? Second of all, what am I supposed to do with this information? Like what's step two? Mm -hmm. So um, after you realized though, that you did have those gifts and he was calling you, how did you then go um, cultivate those to get you to where you are now? Yeah. I feel like it's, it's been a lot just thinking back to back then. Cause I was just kind of, I was just, touching the surface of it all about purpose and understanding even what purpose was and how to be led in purpose and things like that. But I feel like as the time gone on, went on, excuse me, I, my, my capacity was just increased. Like I'm always a person who likes to tend to my spirit and things like that. So honestly, I I had to take the just the responsibility to tend to those things. Um, Like I said, it's definitely been, it's not easy (laughs) at all. Even like trying to fast forward to now, like I had to go through the fire. You know what I'm saying? I like to say all the time, like when, when God calls you, like oftentimes you're an example for other people or you're an example for something bigger. So I think realizing that helped me a lot um, just by challenging myself to, to go deeper, even within the last like few months, I felt like 
And I always say that there are levels to your spiritual life. So I had to start cultivating what I felt needed to go deeper differently. Like um, the last few months, like I love, I'm a per- I like to listen to sermons online, but I noticed that the same people I was listening to, like it just wasn't, and there's nothing against them. Like let's say Sarah Jakes and, you know, uh, Michael Todd, they're powerful people, but my spirit was just craving something deeper. And thankfully somebody um, had put me onto someone named Bill Winston, super powerful. He's a lot older, but like the word just was hitting different. Like I had to switch up my, what I was bringing in. And I feel like a lot of times people feel uncomfortable and I experienced that uncomfortableness in your spiritual life. And it's because God is calling you deeper and you have to pay attention to those things. Like, don't just be like, Oh, I just feel uncomfortable. I don't know what God wants me to do. Like, no, realize that and and that, that's okay. But also challenge yourself to do something about it. And I was telling somebody this the other day, she was like, you know, um, I'm just so stagnant in my spiritual life. And I like to make it really simple. I was like, well, you know, nothing changes until you change. And so you make a change. And I had to realize that myself with cultivating, you know, these different levels, like Kavaya, okay, if you want to go deeper, if you want more of God, like you got to change it up. You got to get deeper and see your word. You have to make it a part of your life. You have to, you know, you say you want to wake up early, but that ain't going to happen until you do it, boo. Like just becoming more accountable for the things that I said I wanted and actually implementing it. Um, it's, it's really important. You can't just keep going around like, oh, this is what I feel. Okay. That's what I feel. But what am I going to do about it? Like, I like to put some heat on myself because I feel like there's too many believers now who are just staying stuck and stagnant and what you feel and feelings can be so like, you can't rely on your feelings all the time. You gotta like, you gotta go deeper and you gotta, you know, protect yourself because we deal with too much on a daily basis not to keep ourselves protected and, and, you know, cultivating the spiritual life that we desire. Because me and Tatum are no different from anybody else. <laughs> we just have decided to, you know, go after things and believe things and, and protect and go deeper. So I think that, you know, in cultivating that that relationship and that inner things, I just had to, you know, buckle down on myself, go deeper and fight what I felt because there was definitely some hard times, especially in my waiting season. And um, I I just had to cling to what I knew. Like, even if I had to cry it out, if I had some tough days, I didn't want to talk to nobody, but I had to cling to what I knew. This episode is brought to you by Noom. What if you could use one program for all of your health and weight loss needs? No more hunting for training apps or workouts or calorie trackers and meal plans. Plus, add a goal specialist and a community of members to keep you motivated and accountable. And it's like a workout bestie all in one place. I personally like the ease and the convenience of the Noom app as well as the goal specialist. Also, I hated going to a bunch of different places to piece together information. So on one app, I'm looking for what to eat. On another app, I'm looking for what specific workouts or for my goals that I end up on. Just an internet loophole of 50 million things. When I can just get all of that in one place using my Noom app. Plus, instead of killing myself to reach some outrageous goal like I used to set, which is 20 pounds in one week, which is crazy, Noom helps me make healthier choices and take better care of myself in a more realistic way. 
You don't have to change it all in one day, but small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash blessed. What do you have to lose other than some weight? Visit Noom.com slash blessed to start your trial today. That's Noom.com slash blessed. The last weight loss program you'll ever need. Let's get back to the show. That's good. And I I want you to talk more about like what you said, going through the fire, because I believe that that's where a lot of people get to like living your life for God and making him the CEO, doing your business God's way. It does not make it easier. And I think that's a distinction that I really, really want to push with my platforms is it's not easier, but it does guarantee your success. Right. And, but a lot of us, we're so emotionally driven that the second something gets hard, we want to back away from it. But we don't realize that everything that's difficult is, or everything that hurts doesn't mean that it's negative. You know, so we have to go through a, a pruning process. We have to go through a molding process in order for him to stretch us. Stretching hurts. Like if I try to bust out in a split right now, your girl going to pull something like it's going to hurt. But uh, the but if I was to to stretch and, and stretch daily and, and go through the pain and deal with the pain and push through the pain, pain, I'll be able to get into that split with ease. You know what I'm saying? So I think with with us on this faith walk, discouragement, I think, is is such a place that the enemy really gets in. And our emotions is something that the enemy manipulates to get us off of off course with God. And I love that you use the terminology. I had to go through the fire because the Bible says that we will go through the fire and not get burned. That's right. So it's telling me that, yeah, I got to go through some stuff. But it's not going to burn me. It's not going to consume me. It's not going to defeat me. So mm-hmm. speak to that place of going through the fire and how you push through it. Yeah. So I would say like going through the fire for me a couple months ago was like definitely my waiting season. Like I said it one day, I was like, July was so trash for me. Like <laughs> I was just in a place of, I felt like, all right, God, you know, you called me out of this job, um, you know, doing this work for you full time now, but I'm not seeing any type of reward from it. You know, I still have my bills. I still have things I have to take care of. You know, um, I don't live with my mom anymore. Like I don't have direct, you know, just to call her and she's here. Like I am, you got me out here. Like, and that was so hard for me. Like, just mentally and emotionally, it was very testing and trying. And I felt like, I don't know, I was just getting through the days, if I can be honest, like it was, it was so hard because, you know, you life is just still happening. And I didn't know, like, I just didn't know what to do. I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe I need to go back to work. God, I don't really know what you want me to do. And he wasn't necessarily like, saying anything to me during this time either and I feel like also when you feel like you're in the fire like that's what you feel like you feel like all right God like you're not saying nothing like what we doing and so feeling like you're in the fire along with not really hearing anything from God can leave you in a place of feeling like you're isolated and like you're alone but the reality is and what I had to tap into was that 
his goodness is not dependent on my circumstance. And I had to remember what he told me when I left my job because it was something specific that he said. And I had to keep reminding myself of that. And I also, um, during that time, was just trying to tap into his reality because I realized when I was in the the place that felt like fire and just so much heat and everything going on around me um, was that I wasn't living in his reality. And I felt like I had fought way too hard to understand what it meant to be truly rooted, rooted in him to not to just let all that go out the window. You know what I'm saying? So I had to um, really just buckle up and try to tap into his reality. I didn't want and I kind of felt like depression was trying to creep back in during that time. And I always say I feel like once you go through something, you should be able to realize it a lot easier. And I feel like depression is one of those things that people kind of go through a cycle of and it's like no I I've seen you I experienced you and I cast you out and now I'm realizing this again that's why I didn't let it go you know deep back into a depression again um, because I had to realize that and call and call it out and learn how to live in God's reality despite whatever lack Kavaya felt like she had going on when you are in the fire you have to cling to the truth it doesn't matter if you just got a little bit <laughs> like use that little bit like you have to because God says that you know we have to listen carefully to his words um and not lose sight of them and I think that was something that I was trying to wrap my mind around too like all right God tells me to listen carefully to his words and not to lose sight of them there's a reason why he tells us not to lose sight of his words so that we are when we are in the fire we put that word to work <laughs> so I think in general, getting deeper into the word while I was in that that season was just like so helpful because it gave me something else to tap into, something that I know as a believer I'm supposed to tap into rather than going through the motions of what my feelings are feeling or what I feel like I'm going through. Yeah, that was good. And, and a huge thing that I pulled out from what you said that I really want you guys to um, take note of is just the importance of putting yourself in remembrance of what God said. Uh-huh. Like a lot of times we get these words from him and it's like, oh my God, it, it feels so good in that moment. And But when it's time to apply it, we forget about it because the situation is so bad or it seems so bad that we forget what he said. But the reason why God gives us those words is so that we could use them. So we could use the word as a weapon. That's what it is. So we could fight back against those thoughts. We could fight back against that depression. We can fight back against what our circumstances say. I mean, there were times like bills and stuff would come up for me. Like my credit cards is maxed out, man. I'm still trying to pay off credit cards from my fiery season of just trusting God and not knowing where stuff was going, where stuff was, um, where the money was going to come from. I mean, and so, um, in those times, things will come up. I'm like, God, I'm a tither. I, I'm obedient to you. You you said that you are a provider. That's one of your names, Jehovah Jireh. You need to provide here. And I remember struggling a bit when it came to before BJ and I were married. He would BJ would help me a lot financially. And I hated that. Like, I know it's cool now to be like, you know, the man pay your bills and you got to use these men for whatever. Like, that's the, the trend right now but for me like prior to us being married you're not my husband you don't have a responsibility to provide for me 
And I'm a independent minded type of woman. Like, I don't want you helping me. And it was really, really frustrating for me. And I remember praying about it. And God was like, how are you going to ask for me to help you? And you turning down the way that I'm doing it. And I was like, uh. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. And so I allowed my husband to help me or my boyfriend or whatever to help me. But God was really just teaching me how to trust him and not just trusting, um, but also trusting how he was going to do things for me. And I, I think that God specifically used BJ to help me in that time because he knew I wasn't trying to hear it that way. Like I wasn't trying to uh, be provided for by uh, somebody else or by a man. Like I wanted God to give me some more money in my business and that provides for me. So I think he was really grooming me in that sense to fully trust him and not only what he wants to do, but how he wants to do it. But for you guys that's listening again, you got to put yourself in remembrance of what he said. And something else that I, I really learned going through the fire was it's a scripture. I really don't remember where it's at, but um, it says we prophesy in part and we understand in part or something like that. And I remember asking God, because it's not really a popular scripture. I don't remember how I came across it, but I remember asking God, like, well, what does this mean? And what he was showing me was just, you're never going to fully understand what I'm doing. And you may get a prophetic word from somebody. You may listen to this podcast or get a notification from the She Who Was Called app and be like, oh, this is for me. But you're never going to understand the magnitude of it. And so last year, one of the biggest things that God, uh, one of the things that God showed me was that he was going to make me a millionaire, right? And so I'm like, God, I don't even, so last year, I'm like, I don't even got six figures. So what you talking about? And as the year was ending, I'm like, you said you was going to make me a millionaire this year. I ain't got the millions. And I'm frustrated and I'm mad about it. What happened? Did I do something wrong? And God was like, I did make you a millionaire. And I was like, they, and I was like, what are you even talking about? There's not a million dollars in my account. Like, I'm really upset. Like, what did you say? And so, um, but God was like, the millions isn't about the money. The money is the easy part. I had to, I had to make you a millionaire in character and responsibility and stewardship and learning how to trust me so that when I gave you the million, you wasn't out here thinking that you got it. Or when I give you the million, you're not out here blowing it on anything. I had to show you your flaws and make you deal with them. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but here I am like, God, you said I was going to be a millionaire and I'm pissed because I don't got a million dollars, but it's because I didn't understand what he was yeah. doing. And that was a huge lesson for me that I even take now that even when somebody does give me a prophetic word or I, I read something or I get a word from God, it's like, okay, I don't have, I don't understand the big picture. So I'm not even going to try to take this word and make it into what I want it to be. It's like, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this now? And sometimes when God gives us words as warnings, I know somebody called me, um, the other day, I think it was Friday and was, and gave me a word and it was a warning. It wasn't for me to be afraid or scared that, you know, oh my God, this is going to happen. It was just, God was like, Hey, keep your eyes open about this. Like it's some things I'm doing in your life. And it's some people that don't want it to happen. Keep your eyes open about this. Don't let nobody in your space like that. Um, you got this new house. Don't just be letting anybody in there. Like God was just opening my eyes to stuff. And I'm like, 
perfect. Those are the words I like, honestly, a little bit more than the ones that are like, um, the sky is going to open and money is going to fall in your lap. Like I want the ones where he's telling me how to maneuver because I know that's going to position me for what he has for me. But I say all that to say for those of you guys who are listening, use the word he use the words and the things that he's showing you as a weapon, but also understand that you're never going to know the full picture. Whoever's prophesying to you is never going to know the full picture picture we only get bits and pieces of it when he shows it to us but you have to continue to stay connected to God and be obedient to the things that he's telling you to do and eventually as you take those steps it will start to make sense a little bit and so for you Kavaya I do want to talk about like the tour and this isn't just to promote the tour you guys I, I, I talk about the tour a lot because I want you to understand how the tour was such an act of obedience on so many levels like, I know a lot of people will be like, we're having this event. Oh, my God, this event was so great. And, you know, it's kind of like what you expect with social media, right? The people we promote the events and we talk about how great they're going to be that after the event is over, everybody got the same post about like, I can't believe how amazing this event was or whatever. So it's like when you hear this type of stuff, it might go one ear out the other. But for us, this tour was 100 percent an act of yeah. faith from me doing it um, or going on the tour without knowing how it was going to be um, or me committing to the tour, putting tickets on sale and signing contracts, not knowing how it was going to be financially taken care of was an act of faith. You know, Kavaya coming on this tour, me randomly hitting her up being like, mm -hmm. Hey, God told me that you're supposed to come on this tour with me. You try and go like, that's really all I got. <laughs> I don't really have no more information for you. You doubt or what? And her being like, sure. And then you are, you talked about feeling unqualified yeah. and even, even at Dallas, you were talking about feeling unqualified. So talk about that though, like being in the fire and in this waiting season and in this process, but then God, God asking you to do something as major as going to four cities with somebody that you don't know like that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to, to go out there and speak. What was yeah. that like? This episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7. That's for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere that you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it over to your mail carrier or drop it off in the mailbox. It's that simple. I personally hated going to the post office when I was shipping out orders. But Stamps.com makes it super easy by eliminating trips to the post office and they save you money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week free trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLESSED. That's Stamps.com, enter BLESSED to start a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. Let's get back to the show. So, in Dallas was our first stop. And literally, like, days before, I was feeling so just unqualified just because, like, I was in my waiting season and, like, my finances were, like, just taking a hit. And I'm like, God, how am I even, like, 
about to get out here like and why like why are you calling me to sit up here and and speak life and pour into people when I feel like I'm in in so much lack and um I had to really deal with those those emotions and when I got there I feel like the way that he just moved on my behalf and even the message that he gave me that was the one about you know living in his reality I was speaking life to myself like literally and I always say I share as I go so I had to um really just realize that I was on assignment regardless and I don't I know that God makes no mistakes and I've, I reminded myself that there was a reason why he brought my name on your heart so I had to tell myself the truths, you know what I'm saying? Cause like we've been saying, we, we feed ourselves so many lies and, uh, basically things that's not the real reality. So I had to bring to remembrance, like what he was actually doing, that there was a reason why Kavaya had to be at, in all of those four cities. And, um, afterwards, I mean, I, it's so inexplainable. Like when, when we say that it's truly because it is because it was such an experience. And even like during the tour and at every stop, I feel like God was just um, showing me more of my gifts. Like when we were praying for people at the end and, you know, like just the things that I would feel when I would hold certain people's hands and be able to speak to exactly what they were feeling and what they were going through. Like the reward, the spiritual reward, I would say it was most rewarding spiritually of me just realizing the gifts that he was giving me and the way that the Holy Spirit was just working through me and allowing me to, to intercede for people and be, be a mouthpiece for him. Like, who is it's it was just so 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 crazy like despite all the uncomfortableness I was like I I had I was supposed to be here we were both were on assignment to do major things in that room regardless of whatever I felt like was going on at each stop honestly I was like after the first one I was like all right you know not really the unqualified feeling anymore but I was still in my waiting season and still feeling like all right here we go again gotta make it work <laughs> somehow how I'm about to do everything but God just he provided like when I tell y'all like stop worrying and I'm a person who like I like to have control I like to know what's going on but looking back it's like he provided literally every step of the way like every step of the way and it just took over like and that was my deepest desire like Holy Spirit you just move like I don't know, whatever I got in this little iPad right here, but you just move, like, and he did, like, he did, like, it's just so hard to explain, because what happened, like, despite of everything that I felt, at the end, I felt, like, full, empty, in the sense that I gave out what he needed me to do, but also full, because of, you know, what transpired in that room, so... I mean, I'm just, I'm grateful and I'm thankful today for every part of it because I needed that. Like I needed that. I needed to see that, okay, you feel unqualified, but you, that's not even up to you for real. Like God qualifies you. He's the one that's about to run this show, about to run this event. And I remember him telling me before we even got started, like my name is on this event. Like y'all don't have nothing to worry about. So, um, I just had the, you know, I had to just go with the flow. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And y'all get the recordings, like go to blessedandbossedup.com slash tour 
Um, I'll put the link to that in the show notes, but just get the recording so that you could really understand what we're talking about. But as you're talking, like I heard, I, I heard so clearly that God develops you as you go and every yes is a brick to the plan that he has mm-hmm. for you. And I'm going to say that one more time. God develops you as you go and every yes is a brick for the plan that he has for you. So in order for us to be developed, we had to say yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and God always showed me that, or be, or he began to show me even more over the last few months, how he's called me to excel in dual areas. Because I started off in 2015 as an entrepreneur, right? My business on paper is, uh, was established in 2015 and I've pivoted and stuff since started, but I got into business. I didn't get into ministry. You know, I didn't start by feeling called. That wasn't my, I didn't want nothing to do with that. I just wanted to be a successful entrepreneur. That's it. I was tired of going to jobs that I hated. I was tired of feeling like I was contained in a cubicle. I wanted to be a successful entrepreneur. That's how I got on this journey. And then then as I was um, growing in my faith and God began to stretch me spiritually and then use my mouth spiritually, I was like, okay, I don't really understand how this, like what's going on here. Like I'm trying to be a successful entrepreneur, but you're trying to use me in this area that I'm unfamiliar with. And if I'm being real, I don't really want no parts of it. And so um, God began to show me that you're going to excel in both ministry and in business. And I was like, but I ain't really trying to do all of that. Like, I'm just trying to excel in business. And it wasn't until like, I got, we got finished with the tour. And I was looking at like the success of um, Jessica's podcast, because in the midst of like going to the cities, we were developing our show and stuff like that. And I was seeing how when we launched, like within the first week of launching, she was charting on iTunes. And for me, I'd be so thick of doing, in the midst of doing stuff, it's hard for me to kind of see the results of it, if that makes sense. Like I'm just always doing stuff. And it wasn't until I sat down for those couple of weeks of my little sabbatical where I was like, wow, we were in different cities pouring into people, people getting delivered. I'm still getting emails from people being impacted from the tour. Like, and then at the same time, the business is thriving. We're reaching these six figure goals and stuff. And I'm looking like, this is what God said, but I didn't see it. You know what I mean? I didn't understand it. I didn't see how it was going to happen. I really didn't want to do it. But like I tell you guys all the time, once I told God that he was going to have all of me, I meant it. And I ain't really about to backtrack on my word to him. So despite me not really wanting to be on board with his plan, I just did it anyway and just continued to be obedient. And so looking at it, I'm like, wow, I, but I didn't know this prior to. And that's the point that I'm trying to get you guys to understand is that you have to go through the process, right? You got to push through the process and not not let the, the fact that, oh, uh, God hasn't done what he said he was going to do yet in my life. So I'm not really trying to do this no more. Or I'm disappointed because I've been doing things the right way. And I feel like I've been um, being obedient to God, but it's not working out for me. Like, I want y'all to understand seriously that it's not about, don't let the result or lack thereof determine whether you're going to be obedient to what God calls you to do or not. 
And that's the biggest, biggest point and the biggest thing that I want you to take away from this conversation. And, and the reason why I wanted to talk to Kavaya again, because both of our stories are simply stories of God developing us as we go. And for every, every yes being a brick, that's it. She went from being like, oh my gosh, I have these gifts that, or I'm noticing these gifts that are physical. So let me just continue to grow deeper in God and kind of see what this is about. And then saying yes to that and yes to everything he's told her to do caused her to create this app that reaches all of these thousands and thousands of people everywhere every single day to getting connected with me to going around the country and doing a tour. Like it's, it's like, I want you to understand this stuff can't be figured out prior to. It's all obedience. It's all obedience. The roots of anything that we do is the importance of being obedient. And we were talking um, prior to getting on here about like some stuff and just being frustrated with how so many people allow themselves to be ignorant of God's word. And a lot of us don't really dedicate ourselves the way that we need to, to having, establishing and maintaining a relationship with God. Like I was talking about like my frustration with a, a lot of like um, religious stuff and church stuff and just things that I've observed and, and, and dealt with in my area when it comes to church stuff. And it's like, yo, a lot of this will be eliminated if people really just build a relationship with God. That's it. <laughs> And not overcomplicated. Understand that you don't need a third party to get to the Father. Being if we just really um, and like just delight ourselves in Him. And I, I get so frustrated when I talk about it because I don't always know how to articulate it. But the root of what we're here to get you guys to understand is the importance of having a relationship with God. I knew we needed to talk about pushing through the process because I know for a fact that around this time, the enemy preys on those who are disappointed. He preys on those who have not seen the manifestation of what God has said is going to happen in their lives yet. And he makes them believe that it isn't going to happen for you, that you see you were, you've given your all, you've decided to make God the CEO. You've been listening to that podcast. You've been doing all of these things um, and look where it's gotten you. You still, you still trying to figure out when, when it's going to happen. You still trying to figure out financially when, when things are going to happen. He, you talking about going on a tour. How are you going to go on tour? You can't even pay your bills. Like this is the stuff that the enemy says. And so before we wrap up, since I went there, Kavaya, what are some ways that you fought back against? And matter of fact, to be honest, what are some things that the enemy was trying to tell you and has been trying to tell you during this season? And how did you fight back yeah. against that? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like the enemy was fighting me so hard with even um, honestly believing that I was supposed to keep doing what I've been doing because you'll start thinking like, okay, is this even worth it? Like, you know, we're, we're so used to seeing results or, you know, having some, some stability and something to rely on in like what, I, with what I've been doing, I wasn't seeing that. So even thinking like, all right, did I even like hear God correctly when he said, you know, he got me, like, did I hear correctly and everything that I'm doing? So honestly, just, I was targeted. I feel like in, in doubt of, feeling like, am I 
really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, should I be doing something else? Just totally trying to cast me into fear and doubt about what I was created for, honestly. And um, I feel like the best way that I've been able to combat that is by, and even more here lately, realizing my authority and using that authority because we all have authority as, as children of God. And, um, that's, oh, that's a whole nother thing. Like God, what helped me, I was having my quiet time one day and God was like, let me be your father. And that helped me so much and still helps me to this day because, you know, my earthly fathers have failed me, but God thinking and, and living with God as a father Think of everything that a, a father is, like an active, consistent father, a provider, a nurturer, a leader, like a teacher. He is all of that. And that has helped me in so many ways, honestly, with defeating the enemy, because I'll I'll, I'll, I'll talk to myself and profess things like, no, I'm the daughter of a king. God is my father. I am provided for by realizing my authority, not only as a believer, but as a daughter of the person who created me. Like you have to realize your authority and who you are. I feel like the enemy tries to take our identities. And that's what he was doing when, you know, those seeds of doubt were planted in my mind, trying to get me not to see who I really was. But no, God is my father. This is what he's called me to do. And I have to learn how to walk in my authority. And and honestly, like, y'all, we got to get a little more tough. <laughs> we really do. Like, don't just be letting the enemy toss you around like that. Like, no, you got to know what you have and, and walk in that and come correct. Like, don't just be so, so, like they said, the enemy prowls around. Like, don't let him just devour you like that. Know who you are. Know your authority. And the only way you can do that is by getting the word and learning what he says about you. And and I even sent something out to my email list the other day. Because we are coming to, you know, you know, the end of the year, I was like, run those prayers back. <laughs> like, don't get so dismayed about how much time is left in the year. There's some things that y'all probably forgot that you prayed about. And God moves when you apply faith. Faith is his his action. So I told them to run them prayers back. And, you know, don't forget what you prayed about. Because we do that. We tend to do that. We'll pray about things and just kind of like forget about it or, you know, mention it. But it's like you didn't really apply no faith on that. And you didn't sow a seed over that. That's another thing that I've been doing, too. I've been sowing seeds um, over the things that, you know, I'm believing for. I think that's really important. And um, there's a scripture. Let me get it real quick. Um, when you're in your, your waiting season and going through the fire and the process and things like that, it's Colossians 3, 1 through 2. And this is the message version. Um, it says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection, new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. And I loved that because I'm like, oh, that's what a lot of people do. We shuffle along, eyes to the ground, you know, whatever is going around us. But no, you have to be alert, walk into your authority and like just emerge let that new level emerge it's so many levels to even ourselves and I think we all have to awaken to our authority that has been so helpful in viewing God as a true father figure um, in my life this episode is brought to you by Skillshare Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators entrepreneurs and curious people everywhere 
You could take classes on social media marketing, how to set goals for 2020 that you can actually reach, how to finally beat procrastination. You could take cooking classes, you name it, they've got it. You guys know we recently purchased our home, and so I've turned into a little Martha Stewart over here, just trying to make sure I make our home as beautiful and as peaceful as possible. And Skillshare helps me do that because I can take a bunch of different classes on how to create that type of environment. Also, take some interior design classes so I can make our space just as beautiful and aesthetically as appealing as possible. And I just love how on Skillshare, there's a course for literally whatever I want to learn about. Skillshare is offering Blessed and Bossed Up listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. That's two months, y'all, of unlimited access to thousands of classes on literally anything for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash blessed. That's right, two months to learn as much as you want from the community for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash blessed. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash blessed to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash blessed. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, that's that's so good, knowing your authority. And, and it is really easy for us to forget our authority because walking by faith and not by sight is hard because all of your senses are telling you something different than like you said, the reality that you're supposed to be living in. And I think we have to really learn how to create atmospheres of faith and create atmospheres of authority. And so if something is, I know for, for me, something God had to li- deliver me from was like being a super hypochondriac. Like when I tell you, if I sneezed, I'll be on Google, like sneezing symptoms. Like <laughs> that was me all day, like not playing. I would just always think something was wrong. And that was something I would pray against a lot. And I was like, why do I act like that? Like, what is wrong with me? And I remember recently, um, I had to go to the dentist or something was going on with my gums. And um, I went to the dentist and they were like, um, do this, use this or whatever. And then like come back in like two weeks and you should be fine. So I did that. I went back in two weeks, wasn't fine. So they were like, oh, we got to send you to a specialist. And so um, I'm in the car. I'm like, man, like exercising my authority. I'm like, God, I thank you that you are Jehovah Um, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are a healer. I thank you, God, that you have put these positions on this earth, but you have the ultimate say-so of what happens in my body, Lord God. I put my body in under the authority or under the, um, I forgot the right word, but I put my body subject to your word and your word says that I am healed. You sent your only son to die on the cross for my sins. So with every lash that he took, I am healed. So I exercise that authority over my body right now in the name of Jesus. I praise you and I thank you for a good report that all is well. I command this to go away right now in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood over myself from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I plead the blood over this place I'm about to go to when I declare and decree that every person that comes in contact with me is an agent of the Lord, is an angel of the Lord. I rebuke any demonic spirits or influences that may be in this place and I command them to not come to work today, that they shall not be in the building. When I am in the building, I walk into this place with the, with the glory of the Lord. Like that's how I'm talking. I'm not playing. Like I'm going, I don't got time for this. I got work to do. Like, what is this? I'm not on the internet. What is the internet? Like 
no, God says I'm healed. So what are we doing? Like, that's, that's how you have to live. And it's easy to get caught up in like, oh my God, this, this, this. I'm like, nah, forget all of that. Like you, you got to get into that mindset. And so I'm in there. I'm like, Hey, so, uh, my doctor sent me here. <laughs> um, what are you doing? And the lady was like, it was, um, they pretty much had to like do a biopsy. And I was like, a what? So I was like, all right. So then they gave me like these little um, forms and they were like, you got to fill this, uh, fill this form out or whatever. So the form is going through like all of this stuff. And it was like initial here. If you understand this, I'm like, the doctor ain't even go over this with me. Uh, uh-uh. Bring her back out here. So I was like, hey, this form tells me I got to initial this. Um, if I understand what the doctor says, she didn't say nothing about this. She needs to come out here. And so she, they like, oh, okay. So they go get the doctor. I'm telling you, I really don't be playing. I'm nice, but I don't play when it comes to anybody that is touching me or, you know, like stuff like that. I don't play with because I have things to do in this earth and people make mistakes. So I was like, Hey, um, you didn't go over this stuff with me. And so she goes over it and I'm like, okay, cool. I say, hey, can y'all give me a second? I step out, go to the bathroom. I say, God, what are we doing? Am I signing this? He was like, yeah, you're fine. Go ahead, do whatever. Um, you you, you shall walk in divine health. I said, bet. I go back in there. I'm like, all right, cool. We good? They're like, all right. So they're like, okay, we'll do this and um, come back in two weeks or whatever. We'll check on it. I'm like, all right, bet. But when I tell you I haven't thought about that, like this, I'm bringing this up, but I don't even think I really told nobody, like, I didn't, I'm not worried about that. I'm not on the internet. Like I'm talking to you confidently about this before even going back to follow up just to get you to understand the authority. And you got to believe God. Sometimes things do happen and you still have to trust God. Like even if something does happen to your health, you still trust God through that. And you still exercise your authority every step of the way. Period. Even with the home, home home buying process, we had to exercise our authority in every every step of the way. So, again, you guys, it's so important. We could talk about this all day, but it's so important to not only exercise your authority, but create an atmosphere that allows you to do stuff. A lot of the things that contribute to us not having an atmosphere of walking in the victory and claiming our authority is the people that we talk to. I, my family be a lot of my family members. Like I, I have people who I know are going to go straight to the, what did the doctor say type of thing with situations or they'll go straight to the, well, are you like the worrying thing, part of the situation? I'm not telling them people nothing when it comes to what I'm believing in God for period. I'm not talking to you or confiding in you when I know that you have a spirit of fear because you're not going to do anything, but you're not going to do nothing but put that on me. So a lot of us, we need to watch who it is that we're telling stuff to. A lot of us, the reason why we're living, um, we're not walking in a victory and we're not, and we're having so much trouble pushing through whatever process God has us in is because we have too many influences. We have too many people that we're confiding in who we just need to cut off completely. But that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Kavaya, I want to thank you for being coming back on the show. I want to tell you guys about something really lit. So as you guys know, um, we've had the Blessed and Bossed Up Society for about a year now. We started in November of last year. um, So we're coming up on a year. 
as of maybe the last few months, I've been really seeking God on how can we make this better? God, what else do you need from me? How can we grow this thing? How can we make this better for you and for the people who are involved? And one of the things that God told me to do was to partner with Kavaya. And I think that's part of the reason why we had to go on tour together to have that build up that rapport and that relationship um, with each other for this. But um, Kavaya and I are now doing the society together. So instead of just the blessed and bossed of societies, the society. So this is where we are coming together to work with you and teach you on how to build, how to create these atmospheres that we're talking about, how to push through the, the process, how to grow your relationship with God, like all things, faith, life, business is what we're going to be talking about um, in the society. So we're really, really excited about what um, God is going to do through this group. I'm excited. We were able to get the price lowered uh, for the society. That was a big thing for me because I wanted to be able to serve more people who may not have been able to afford the rate that the Blessed and Bossed Up Society was. Uh, but if you go to Blessed and Bossed Up dot com slash community, you'll see all of that, like what it comes with, all of what we're doing, all of that good stuff. But the big thing, y'all listening, that we got coming up, turn, turn the volume up wherever you're listening to this. <laughs> we are doing a 21-day fast, 21 whole days. And uh, when I was praying about this, I'm like, well, God, what are we fasting from? 21 days without food is a little, uh, come on. But so, but so God was like, actually, I want you guys to fast from social media. And I was like, oh, wow. And, and he was saying that going back to what I was saying about too many voices, he was saying that there are just a lot of influences and a lot of voices that's drowning mine out and my people. And so go on the fast for 21 days from social media so my people could be able to really hear from me. And so that's what we're going to do. We're doing a 21-day fast from social media. If you go to blessedandbossedup.com slash community, you'll be able to um, see the details about that. I'll put the link in the show notes for you to read about it, to sign up. The fast is 100% free. Um, and then it, the fast is also an introduction to the society. So after the 21 days, if you guys would like to be a part of the, the society, um, then you'll go ahead and roll over into that. If you don't want to be a part of the society, that's all well and dandy. Um, you can opt out of that as well. But this 21 day fast is really a time for us to come together as a large group to um, really just hear from God. You know, we're going to pray every day on the fast, Monday through Friday um, from at 6 a.m. So every morning we're going to be praying together. Um, we're going to be sending you devotionals every single day to your inbox so that you could be able to use that with your study time with God. Um, we're going to do our usual that comes with the society, our live streams biweekly. So you really get to test out for a whole three weeks. Um, what the society is all about, but also be a part of this fast. So Kavai, did I miss anything? I don't think so, girl. I'm I'm super excited though. Like yeah. I am so excited. I, I know it's going to be amazing. And I feel like a lot of people have been looking for that accountability. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just going to be the perfect, honestly, resource for, for all of that. So it's about to get real. And I also think for you guys who sign up, taking away social media 
is is going to be a challenge for some of you um, because we spend a lot of time on there. So I also want you to be a little proactive before the fast starts and think of some things that you're going to be doing to, you know, while you don't have that. So start preparing yourself, I believe, ahead of time uh, for that that change and think of things that you could do or, you know, get some books to read create some type of schedule or something that you can be doing since you're taking that away. But I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. So the fast starts next Monday, November 4th and sign up guys, go ahead and pre-register like ASAP because we're not accepting anybody into the fast after it's already started. We want to start and finish with the same group. Like this is a community um, that like Kavaya said, that accountability is so important. And it's just that sense of camaraderie that you have when you complete something as extensive as a 21 day fast with a group of people who are on the same page as you. So make sure you sign up. Like I said, it's it's 21 days. We start on November 4th. The link to that um, will be in the show notes. So you can read all about the details and I think that's it. Yeah. Kavali, you got anything else before we wrap this up? No, I think I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for um, listening to another episode of the podcast. I'll put all of Kavaya's info in the show notes so you can follow her, download the app and all that good stuff. And we'll see you guys in the fast. Bye. <laughs>